You're listening to Out of the Box, a place for marketers to get inspired, get going, and break out of the box. So hi, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box, the marketing podcast exploring out-of-the-box approaches to marketing and growth. Today on the show, we have Tamar Kassoff, who is Director of User Acquisition at Vero Money. Tamar, thanks so much for being on the show with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's talk a little bit about your your background. You've actually made a pivot from the ad tech side to the client side uh, not too long ago, moving from Matomi Media to CareZone, and now Varo Money. Um, can you sort of tell us a little bit about how you made that jump and 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 how did you end up at Varo? Yeah, um, I really enjoyed working at an agency. Um, I was there for over five years. Um, and I got to, you know, really get exposed to multiple different industries. You work on mobile apps, you work with web clients, different countries, languages. It's a great learning experience. Um, but eventually I really wanted to move in-house and work more on the strategy side as well. Um, I wanted to own full UA budget strategy and execution. Um, I wanted to do more A-B testing and get to work with cross-functional teams. Um, so after leaving the agency, I wanted to join a company that was doing, you know, good and had a positive impact on their users. Um, and that's what really led me to CareZone um, and then to Varo. Awesome. And and let's talk a little bit about Varo. Uh, exciting times at the company. Um, you guys announced uh, Series D funding, if I'm not mistaken, today. Um, so tell us a little bit about Varo, how they are having a positive impact on on the lives of their users. Uh, and, and any other kind of background you can give us for anyone who's not familiar with Varo? Yeah, it's very exciting uh, news. Um, we just raised um, $241 million. Um, so uh, we are one step away um, from uh, receiving um, approval for uh, becoming a national bank charter um, by the OCC. Um, and we're working on becoming uh, the first mobile-centric uh, national bank in the U.S. history. Um, so it's super exciting. Um, Varo really helps um, people make progress with their financial lives. Um, we offer a, you know premium bank accounts that have no minimum balance requirement or no monthly fee. Uh, we also offer really high interest uh, rates um, on our, their savings accounts um, and features to help people save and manage their money more easily. Um, so that's what VARO does. And, um, you know, especially during this time, it's uh, uh, when people are struggling, you know, during COVID-19. Um, I just think that um, what we can offer is just um, very helpful for people right now. Of course. And you're a part of the um, part of the, the kind of Series D money will, I assume, kind of be used to drive growth uh, for for the company. Um, and as director of user acquisition, presumably uh, this is good news for you. How how do you define your role uh, at Varo? Where does it begin and end? Uh, what What's kind of the purview of responsibilities? So everything growth related, <laughs> organic and paid. Uh, my team really works on bringing in new users to the app and getting them to open a borrow bank account. We we are in charge of finding new channels, testing new partners, working with the design team on creatives and messaging. Uh, we work really closely with our brand team as well. Um, we work with the product team on A-B testing landing pages and user experiences. We work with the data team on making sure that our reporting is accurate um, and that tracking is you know, has the complete, uh, um, 
uh, funnel. Um, and we work with the finance team on our budgets, overall strategy and forecasts. Um, overall, we just work with a lot of different teams within Varo to ensure the best user experience and high quality UA efforts. And let's talk about how you grow uh, or build a growth organization, uh, especially one that's working with a, collaboratively with a lot of other teams. Um, how have you gone about designing uh, your team structure? Yeah, so the UA team is uh, used to be under marketing with yeah, along with the brand team. Um, in Q3 of last year, uh, we shifted to sit under product. Uh, we built out a cross-functional growth team that includes the UA team, um, the engagement team, UX design, data analysts, growth product managers, and growth engineers. Um, this way, all of our dedicated resources are within our own team. Um, and this change really improved our overall efficiency. Wow. And what's the difference between a, a growth manager and a growth engineer, for example? Um, so there are engineers that are just focused on um, anything related to growth. Um, and then a growth manager is, uh, is basically a user acquisition manager. And was this, um, do, you, do you think it makes more sense to split up brand and growth? Um, just talking more generally about the industry, do you think that, that kind of brand and growth should operate in, in sync, obviously, uh, but, but independently or report to different organizations within a company? Well, the way our brand team is structured, they include, um, you know, that includes our blog, it includes social media, it includes our product marketing um, and um, NPR. Um, so, I mean, the, the brand team and our team really works closely together. Um, we do a lot of campaigns that complement each other. Um, and I think it's really important to, to, you know, work and be, work together and be in sync. Um, but at the end of the day, um, we require a lot more, um, like, help on the engineering and product side and more like data uh, driven. So um, that's why we, we were kind of shifted under product. And, and what are some of the pitfalls you've, you've seen um, in your career in organizations when it comes to, to going about building your growth team? I mean, a lot of times the product itself will get the highest priority, which totally makes sense. Um, but uh, that also has, you know, it's pitfalls if you can't get anything else prioritized. So for example, let's, you know, talk about tracking, um, which is one of the most important things for successful uh, user acquisition. Um, sometimes setting up or fixing an SDK pixel would not be, you know, the highest priority for engineering. They might be busy launching or building a new feature on the app. Um, but if we don't have tracking, we can't really successfully acquire quality users or be able to attribute them correctly. Um, so by building the, a cross-functional growth team that is focused just on growth, we always are able to prioritize our growth projects now. And also, um, it really, you know, this change um, really made more people um more people now are just held accountable for the company growth goals instead of just the UA team. So there's much more alignment. Do you think that, um, well, how do you align stakeholders internally around growth goals? Yeah. So, um, you know, now the, the goal of building this team was, was exactly that to help align, you know, internal stakeholders around the growth goals. 
Um, so, you know, now that we get, you know, a lot of our projects prioritized and we have people that are dedicated just on, you know, that growth piece, which is, you know, kind of more the beginning of the funnel of, 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 you know, the user life, uh, lifetime with Faro. Um, so now that, you know, we have, um, all the resources that are dedicated to this, you know, everybody's really aligned, um, and we share the same goals. Do you think there's more, um, have you noticed an increase in investment of and uh, recognition of the importance of growth uh, in, inside sort of in on the client side over the last few years? Yes, I definitely think that in the beginning, uh, growth teams were, you know, more under marketing. And now I'm hearing more and more companies that are shifting, you know, growth onto, under product and kind of building out something similar to how we we've built it out at Varo. Is there a, a feedback loop between what you guys notice on the UA side, uh, how users are responding to different creatives or different messages that feeds back into product? I don't know if I could say it feeds back directly into product, um, but we do um, we do have an internal research team um, that's really amazing and they do a lot of um uh interviews and research on you know with our users what they like what they dislike what they're looking for to add um what's their you know why they came to Varo, what's the most important thing to them so i think we do a lot of learnings from from that and then you know i work very closely with that team to kind of build creative um and and concepts for our ads Um, so we really hit, you know, our users where, where it makes, uh, the most sense for them. And have you seen the the structure or focus of growth teams change over the course of your career? Yeah, I definitely think that a lot of, you know, growth teams, um, uh, used to be, you know, more in brand or marketing and definitely seeing them kind of grow and shift into, you know, product and be more kind of like centric. Um, I do think that, um, growth teams are getting, uh, more and more, uh, focus from, from the companies, uh, that I've, that I've worked with or, um, uh, friends have worked at. And how you've, you mentioned, um, I always get stuck here, creating creatives, generating creatives. Um, how, how do you guys manage creative? Is it part of growth? Is it part of brand? Is there creative growth and creative for brand? Is it something you outsource? So we have an amazing internal design team that works cross-functionally with the whole company. Um, so they provide services to all the teams. Um, in addition, we also have, um, we also work with an external agency where our, when our internal team doesn't have the capacity. Um, UA definitely requires a lot of design support. So it's great to always have a backup for our internal team. And but our concepts normally something that are you know driven internally, and then it's more execution um, that you'll outsource if if demand is is high. Yes, it's always driven internally, uh, performance based. And how how do you um, balance that analytical, data driven side and the creative or conceptual driven side of uh, of marketing? I think at the end of the day, numbers will really tell the will really tell the true story. Um, you need to look at the actual performance in order to determine if you know a creative is working or not. 
Um, we are always open to testing new creatives and concepts, but we look at the numbers to decide if they're basically successful or not. It makes sense. It would make my life very tough because I'm very bad with numbers. Um, <laughs> you can't argue with them. Um, so do you, what are some of the challenges you found? Um, Vara is obviously a, it's a, a banking app um, in, in the fintech space. How, how, what are some of the challenges that you face there um, with, within the context of growth um, in, in that vertical? In this vertical, there are a lot of regulations, restrictions, and requirements that can be challenging at times when it comes to finance. Um, for instance, all of our ads and messaging needs to be approved by our compliance team. Um, so we need to make <laughs> sure that you know our messaging is uh, accurate, not misleading. Uh, a lot of times, we have to have like legal requirements, um, so it can make it harder to you know create ads. And do you find, um, I mean, this is this is a more general question, but do you find that generally users are um, hesitant or excited by the prospect of banking uh, online or digitally or, or through their phones? I mean, I sort of, I can remember a few years ago, the first time I started making purchases um, on, on my phone, and it felt just a tiny little bit risky. Um, of course, now I'm used to it um, and you don't even you do it without a second thought. How does that sort of express itself when it comes to taking your banking um, digital as well? Yeah, I think um, the fact that we have, you know, a uh, really big support team and a customer service line that you can call in and email and our responses are really quickly. So it's not that you're you're, you know, handing your money into you know, the, the unknown, um, there's definitely a human that will answer the phone if you have any questions. So I think that's a really big, uh, a strong selling point that we have that, you know, people do feel comfortable. A lot of people call in, um, and have questions and, you know, we're really there to help you and address any, any concerns that you might have. So I definitely think that, you know, more and more, uh, companies and, and just overall like services are, you know, shifting more into becoming digital and, you know, especially during this time where a lot of us are still at home and um, it you can't even go to, you know, your brick and mortar bank, then, you know, it just makes sense to have everything digital. And you talked a little bit about tracking. Um, how have you uh, or have you had to take a different approach when it comes to attribution and targeting for Varo than for other products you've worked on? I think um, it's very different from product to product and how you target users. It really depends on the product itself and, and who it speaks to. So at CareZone, our targeting was much more focused and narrower to a specific audience um, since the product offered a solution for a problem that not everybody has. Um, at Varo, I think the audience is a little bit more broader since everybody needs a bank account. It's more about you know a matter of if you want a digital bank account instead of a traditional bank account. So it really depends on your experience and what, what you're looking for. I think our job is to really tell you the benefits of why you should open a borrow bank account. And talking more generally, um, we've talked about a trend of investing more um, in kind of resources for growth teams and, and also structuring them separately as opposed to having them be a subset of marketing. What other growth trends uh, have you seen picking up steam in, in 2020? It's a tough one, right? Because you, you're going to have to mention Corona. So you, you could talk about 2020 if you prefer. Yeah. 
2020 has been a challenging year with COVID-19 for a lot of companies. Um, we have been lucky to have not had such a negative impact from COVID um, as other companies suffered from. I think overall, most fintech companies are seeing kind of a similar trend to ours. Um, when COVID hit, a lot of companies really pulled back their advertising budgets. Um, so we did see a significant drop in cost in the beginning. I think now we are seeing a more stable situation. Um, so that's, you know, COVID related. Um, overall, I'm really seeing that UGC content and UGC ads is a very big trend that really started in late 2019, but is really going, growing in 2020. Is it something that you guys have tried at Varro? Yeah, we do have a lot of UGC content. Um, uh, we uh, work with um, some of our you know, customers and a lot of people are re really like to you know, uh, share their experience. Um, so it's really great to see that and share it with you know, new prospect customers. And last question, most general of all, um, what is the most out-of-the-box marketing you've either ever done uh, or seen done? I think Varo's marketing, you know, growth strategy is really out-of-the-box. Um, you know, we're really open to doing tests and we learn from every test that we do. Uh, overall, I think the mentality at the company um, for trying new things and experimenting is very refreshing. And that's one of the main factors that really makes us successful. Amazing. Well, Tamar, thank you very much for being on the show today. It's been really lovely having you and very interesting. Congrats again uh, on, uh, on Vara's latest news. Um, and thank you everyone else for listening. Tune in next episode for more out-of-the-box perspectives from out-of-the-box marketers.